Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast, and my name is Steve Lacey. <laughs> and I'm Phil Thompson. We, that's no, not true. We're going to mix our guests all up here. Yeah, we are. But so I am Steve Lacey, and he is... I'm Phil Thompson. I'm the real guy, and that's Steve Lacey. So we just like to mix people up. So welcome, folks, to our podcast. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. Uh, we're glad that you have, and we are, uh, we're just, in case you're new to us, we are a tech company, and we we uh, with a company called JSL Solutions, and we actually work, uh, for the most part, exclusively with churches, uh, but we have several products like streaming video, uh, mobile apps, uh, church management tools, website templates, and all that, and a, a, a few other things as well. And so, uh, but we work with churches, and we we when we do these podcasts, we do cover a lot of tech related things. But we also, because of our relationship with the local churches and things, we like to talk about all sorts of things involving church work and ministry. Uh, Steve and I both have been involved in ministry for many, many moons, and so we have a real heart for churches, and so sometimes we divert from tech stuff, and that would be the deal today, right, Steve? Yes. We have a special guest, right? We do. Uh, Crystal Renault is our guest today, and Crystal is uh, Crystal and I go back. We're, we're not exactly old friends, but we, we met probably about, what, 10 years ago, Crystal, or so? Maybe longer. Yeah. At least. Yeah, probably longer than that. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah and, at least. And uh, Crystal actually hails from uh, uh, outside of Kansas City. Is it Kansas City, Kansas, where you're at, or Kansas City, Missouri? Either one. <laughs> well, I, I it just, I mean, but you're on you're on the Kansas side, right? I'm on the Kansas side. Okay, yeah. so yeah. so uh, and that's that's initially where I met her. So uh, because you so, were pastor of a church out there, I right? was. I was pastoring a church in Junction City, Kansas, of all places. But uh, we won't get into that. So Crystal's actually been involved in a lot of things, and her work has been featured in places like the New York Times. Uh, I think that's Donald Trump's favorite. Uh, place as well yeah. as ABC News. <laughs> they uh, weren't fake when I was in it. They weren't fake. Okay, are they <laughs> no. fake now? All right. Well, let's not go there. Uh, but anyhow, she, she's been her work has been featured in those places: Christianity Today, Seven Hundred Club, Outreach Magazine, and and more than that. And uh, she does coaching. She does some writing. She speaks at churches. She works with college groups, youth groups, uh, women's groups, and uh, she's actually. Uh, you've you've written a book called Dirty Girls Come Clean, uh, Moody Publishers, and also you've written a book called 90 Days to Wholeness. And uh, Crystal has a background, a uh, pretty diverse background, but the Dirty the dirty Girls Come Clean, we're, we're not really going to talk about that today, but very quickly, what is that? Dirty Girls Come Clean is basically my story of having been a teenager addicted to pornography as a woman. Um, and then in there is, it helps there's recovery tools in there and solutions to come clean for other women as well. All right. Dirty girls come clean. We yeah. actually had a friend of ours. that's uh, is also, uh, working, uh, as a ministry, uh, for porn and you're talking about my friend, right? Or you have, I'm, talk, well, I'm talking about Bo Willett. Bo Willett. Oh, okay. He, he has I also a, have an old high school buddy that, um, is uh, pureforapurpose.com. 
So okay. it's a porn addiction site, a Christian-based porn addiction site that he's been okay. running for many years now. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and then Bo. Was, and then Bo we've interviewed in the we've past. We've interviewed a couple times here. So so we're not really going to talk about porn today, but but I wanted to get that out there because, uh, you know, it's, that is a good resource. Dirty Girls Come Clean, uh, 90 Days to Wholeness is the other one. So so what we're really going to talk to Crystal about today is is coaching. And you you do personal life coaching, uh, professional life coaching. You work with faith and recovery. You work with church and ministry. So, as somebody that's been in, working with churches for a long time now, what got you into coaching? Well, the whole thing kind of started out with a goal of becoming a counselor, um, but then through my education and things that I was doing already, working with women one on one. Um, you know, God just kind of laid it upon me that, you know, I'm much more suited to be a coach than I am a counselor, simply because I enjoy using my personal experiences to help other people. Um, and when you're doing um, counseling, you can't really use that as much. And you have less freedom to speak truth into people's lives. And so as a coach, I can come alongside individuals, help them navigate, you know, just where they're stuck and help them to get to where they want to go. Awesome. Are you still yeah. on staff at the church I met you at? What was it? Westside Community Church? Is yeah, Westside Family Church yeah. in yeah, in Lenexa, Kansas. I'm not on staff there anymore. Okay. Um, I was I was on staff for 7 years. Okay. And just when I when the, my book came out and, and launching into my own ministry, I I left that position to pursue you know, full-time ministry on my own. So, All right. So one of the things you mentioned when it comes to the coaching aspects here is, is you, you deal a lot with faith and recovery. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I think I know what faith is. I think I know what recovery is, but, but faith and recovery, uh, what's that all about? And, and, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Faith, faith and or recovery coaching, they're kind of one of the same. Sometimes they're totally separate things. For me, I work a lot with women who just have um, just kind of faith dilemmas and who have, you know, kind of a wrong view of God because of various things that have happened to them in their lives. And so as a coach, I can kind of help them just kind of navigate, like, who, who is God and, and what is he not? And where along the, your path did that definition get skewed? Um for so, me personally, go ahead. Well, I was just going to jump in here and say, okay, so you've worked with women that have had uh, a different view of faith or, or something maybe in a back, a religious background they've been brought up in, mm -hmm. and, and maybe their perspective or, or things they've been taught about God may not, may, may not necessarily be helpful to them or, or even harmful. Right. Would, that, would it fall into that definition? Yes, absolutely. Um, spiritual abuse, things like that as well. Um, you know, church abuse, different things that people go through. But also, a lot of women, you know, they identify God as they identify their fathers. And a lot of women have abusive fathers and absent fathers. And, and so for them, God is very much the same way. And so they kind of feel like God is distant or mad and angry or doesn't love them. Um, and just helping them to learn you know, the truth of who God is, the attributes of who God is, um, in light of what they may have been taught is really important. Yeah. Uh, we did a podcast a couple of years ago, Steve, maybe longer now, where we talked about abuse from a faith perspective. And I noticed that 
we don't get a lot of comments on our podcast. Uh, I'm assuming everybody just thinks we're wonderful, but, but we did get, <laughs> we have gotten comments, a lot of comments on the, on the, the one that we did. I don't even remember the title now, but it was about abuse in, in the church, abuse, oh. abuse, uh, in the church is, you know, manipulation. And I noticed that I, we got one the other day, a oh, comment yeah. about it. And somebody saying, I'm glad I'm free from that stuff. So mm-hmm. Crystal, what, I mean, what kind of, uh, faith abuse issues have you come across specifically? Uh, several. I mean, um, having been on staff, I'm not going to say I experienced this, but I do understand a little bit about just the underbelly of the church. Um, because surprisingly, leaders are human. <laughs> and um, they make human decisions and human choices and they make human actions. Um, and I've found that some of the women that I've worked with who've either been in ministry, worked at a church, or even volunteered in the church, um, kind of get into this idea that, one, they can't lead because they're a woman. Um, they've been abused because they're women. Um, additionally, I've had women who've gone to see counselor, counseling, like pastoral counselors, in the church who may have had sexual sin issues and different things like that, who instead of finding comfort and help through that leader actually was further victimized oh, right. because they, they abused their position of power and authority in, for her. Um, that, that's an extreme case. But other things as well is just, um, just this idea that church leadership is, um, not representing God in the right way. A lot of um, interpreting scriptures wrong um, and, and in order to make their agendas work. Uh, um, we found that quite often as well. Manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. Manipulation. That. Yeah. I have a friend who, um, and she, again, she's in social media, but we communicate quite often. And she actually was a, um, a person that exposed, um, a fellow that was a mega church guy up in Seattle and mm-hmm. uh, was, was, I guess a, a big part of, of his downfall. Ironically, he's moved to Phoenix now and starting a church, but she's very highly sensitive about uh, women issues, women and men issues and about how women are looked down upon mm-hmm. uh, in the church because they're women. Uh, yeah. Do, do you see that? And, and I'm, I'm assuming that this is, I mean, this is kind of a controversial issue, uh, but I, I would think that, uh, depending on the background, that that could be very common, right? That, that you run across that a lot, that because, and you mentioned it a little mm-hmm. earlier about because you're a female, you're looked upon differently. You're not looked upon as being equal. Yeah, absolutely. I think we see that in different denominations, depending on the certain bent that they may have. Um, but I think um, one of the biggest things is, you know, you have women who are smart, articulate they know the word you know and they just they want to teach or preach or do something outside of the nursery you know or outside outside of the children's ministry and those are all valid and awesome areas of ministry to work in but it seems to be when women want come forward and say i have a gift for teaching or i have you know just a gift that i want to give mm-hmm. In any church, it's usually, oh, well, we have a great children's program. And it's, you know, right. <laughs> so they, they kind of push them aside. I understand the idea that, you know, there's a headship 
in churches and, you know, and, and in some ways, you know, scripture shows that being male. Um, but I don't think that that exempts women from teaching. And so um, I think in a lot of ways, churches are abusing and, and misinterpreting scriptures in order for there to be less women leading and, and women not to be, uh, you know, empowered to do so. And it's really sad. When you're coaching these women, do you find it really hard for them to break away from that, that mold or that, I mean, you know, they might come in and go, yeah, I know this is wrong. I know this is wrong. I'm in this deal. And even if they've gotten out of it, is there still kind of a mindset or, or something that kind of hangs over them uh, because of what they've experienced? And it's just hard for them, for them to break free. Have you, have you noticed that as being a problem? I think anytime you experience any sort of abuse, regardless of the, of the type, I think it is difficult to move past it. Um, and certainly when you're talking about church abuse or spiritual abuse, you're, you're talking about somebody's faith. You're talking about somebody's soul. Um, and so you're breaking things in her. You're making, it's breaking even kind of the relationship she has with God in a way, because it's like, well, if I'm supposed to be, you know, part of, part of the body, a part of the church, you know, that makes me a good Christian and I can't, and I can't trust church leadership or I can't trust the church. So then where do I fit in this Christian world? You know? And so having, helping them to first really understand that, um, <laughs> the, the American church is definitely not the church God intended. I don't think, um, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and that to understand that, Churches are led by humans, and humans make terrible decisions and choices and aren't always going to be who they should be, and learning that, you know, the church, those people are not God, yeah. so and as helping you do them your, understand that. As you do your coaching, are you primarily working with people that are part of the church, or, or well, is that a specialty, or what, do you take, you know... Most of my coaching is with Christian women. Um, very rarely have I ever had, you know, an atheist woman or somebody who's, uh, you know, agnostic or not unsure about her faith come to me. Um, generally, it's been women suffering from sexual sin issues, but then come to find out though they're stemming from God issues, you know, and this and an idea that and helping her even to understand you know, where does your moral code come from? You know, is this something that the church taught you, something your parents taught you, and you feel guilty about it? Or is this something that you own? Like, is your, is your, is your moral code something that you are wanting to live by? Um, and helping her navigate that. Because until you can own sexual purity or sexual wholeness for yourself, you're not going to attain that. Um, and so that's one of the big things we try to get to first is like where – you know, are you trying to be a good Christian? Or are you trying to, you know, are you trying to be holy? Like, are you, are you striving for holiness or are you trying to be a good Christian? Um, and then they're very different things. <laughs> um, so working with women like that primarily, but also we have a lot of um, just women who come to me who are, are having faith dilemmas for multiple reasons. It's not always spiritual and church abuse. Sometimes it's just circumstantial, like, you know, if why did this happen in my life if God is good? 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and just helping them navigate through difficult transitions or difficult circumstances in light of who God is. Because so many, because so many just don't understand how a good God can do X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, so while we're on this issue of abuse, go ahead, Steve. Well, I was just uh, so I mean, typically when people say I'm a life coach or I'm a, I, I, my my mind goes directly to um, you know business leaders and mm-hmm. um, people trying to uh, you know just kind of different. It sounds like your specialty is is more towards. You know, the recovery side, and it's not getting into the counseling, but it's kind of getting close to the counseling side, right? It's not more. There's there's a fine line there. Yeah. Um, certainly, I don't claim to be a counselor. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a pastoral counseling degree here in a year or so, um, and so there's gonna be some overlap with what I'm actually doing. Um, but uh, but no, it's coaching, and there's specialties. There's recovery coaching. There's spiritual coaching there's just there's general life coaching and and so many times um people when they want they don't want to go to counseling because there's a, there's a stigma there mm-hmm. and so i do a lot of intake with these with my clients and if i feel that the referral is necessary i absolutely try to work in tandem with counselors that i'm i'm affiliated with or who um i at least have a referral network with so I can navigate these women towards where they may need more healing. Um, Cause absolutely I'm not going to be the person digging, de- digging deep into, you know, real trauma issues or things like that. But so much, so many times what coaching is, is navigating people through where they're stuck mm-hmm. and you have to, you have to get to where you, you have to go to where you were stuck in order to move forward. Um, but the idea of coaching is always forward momentum and so you don't really want to get stuck in the past. You want to understand what happened, understand, you know, what was true about it and what was and what was not true about it, and what can you learn from it, and then navigate what it looks like going forward. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. I, was, I assume that you've worked with. Do you work with men and women, or primarily women, or? I have worked. I don't work one on one with men. It's just a boundary issue for me. But mm-hmm. I I do work with women and their spouses, um, and things like that. Or I've worked with church teams, like so. There's more than like it might be more of a group coaching um, scenario where I'm actually working with a different with with a certain team, helping them navigate maybe where they are trying to cast vision, you know, um, or implement vision that they may have and help them kind of navigate through that. My background, I I mean, I'm, I'm 32 years old and yet I've been in ministry over a decade. Hmm. And so I have basically grown up in ministry in the church. Um, I've seen, I want to say close to everything. Um, doesn't make me an expert on everything, but I've seen a lot. And the first big, and I mean, the first large portion of my ministry experience has been, in communications and branding and marketing and vision casting and helping people execute a vision. And so when you're talking about church leadership, that's usually a lot of what I'm doing is helping them navigate that sort of thing. Um, Just because of my prior experiences and having started my own ministry and knowing, you know, what the, the whole process of becoming a nonprofit and just kind of using my experiences to help those who are, you know, striving for something, for something new or something different. Okay. So if there's, you know, we have listeners out there that think, wow, their your ears have perked up and this sounds really interesting. Or um, 
What's the process look like for someone uh, that was to approach you? Is it, uh, I mean, obviously it's not something that, oh, a week later, you know, we're, we're at the next level and we've got beyond it. What is mm-hmm. the, what's the process look like for some of those that you've coached? How long, what's kind of steps along the way, what to yeah. expect? For me, um, I offer a pre-coaching assessment on my website, and basically through filling that out, it helps you determine, are you ready for coaching? Like, is this something that you actually, you know, are are ready to give a commitment to or not? Um, And it's kind of based on some questions that I ask you, like, um, I lack clarity on some choices that need to be made or I need additional support in reaching my goals. Cause all coaching is really is the, is the, it's about achieving goals and reaching goals. So what we do together is determine, okay, so what are your goals and how do we get there together? And are you um, willing for, to, yeah. And I, w- I would assume, sorry to cut you off, but I, w- I would sure. assume that, you know, that person's got to make a commitment. <laughs> yes. And if they're not ready to make that commitment, it's just ridiculous, right? It's just a waste of time. Right. Yeah. And one of the questions, you know, is I'm willing to make changes to make the changes I have to make in my life to get what I want, right. you know, or um, I need someone to help me focus or challenge me and hold me accountable because that's what coaching is too. It's, it's holding you accountable to what you say you want to do. Um, and I'm going to do that. And that's where, and that's where I'm a little bit meaner than a, than a counselor because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will hold you accountable and it won't be pretty, right. but, um, I, but I do with a lot of grace as well. I so basically a, there's, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry to cut you up. I, I just kind of re- I resonate with that. I heard a, um, a quote or a, I heard a, a, a leader, business leader actually speaking about growth and from his perspective, and I kind of resonate with this, he says, you can't have growth without some pain and some discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you don't grow by, and, and I, you know, I kind of resonate with this as well. You don't grow by, you know, gaining a bunch of information and becoming more knowledgeable. You, you, you growth takes some discipline and it usually involves some pain. Right. Well, in coaching originated, obviously we, we think about it from a sports, you know, arena, but then also you think about coaching from, you know, a business perspective or executive coaching. And really when it went from sports to executive, the reason executives started to have coaches come in and they came in and then under being called consultants is because people would go to all these leadership seminars, all these conferences, and they would, they would have notebooks full of ideas they learned and they just on their bookshelf and they're not implementing any of them. And there was no forward momentum with it. And so for these executives, they were like, we need to have somebody in there like immediately after the conference to walk these, our teams through, mm-hmm. let's, how do we execute this while it's still fresh, while we're still excited? Um, and so that's where that really came, stemmed from. And so when you talk about that, you can basically take that idea and put it toward any specialty coaching because there's a passion, there's an excitement, there's a, hopefully a readiness. Um, but you need someone to come alongside you and help you implement what you've written in your journal and what's on your bookshelf. Um, because everybody has ideas and passions and visions and they just don't know exactly how to execute those. And hold you accountable Um, too, I would think. And and hold you accountable to them. Yeah. 
And so for me, when you come to my site, you can do the pre-coaching assessment. It tells me and it tells you, are you ready? If you are ready, you can either sign up for a coaching plan with me, or you can actually do a free consultation call with me where I kind of go through your questionnaire and kind of talk about, okay, what exactly are you hoping to get out of coaching? Like, what are you, what is it really, is this going to be something beneficial for you? And even that consultation tells me, do you need counseling or do you need coaching? And I kind of do that, do that, that assessment there as well. That's interesting. And, and you're in Kansas City. So, I mean, people, w- will you work with people that are somewhere else, you know, do it through Skype or online and oh, be able to do that? The, like 99.9% of the coaching I do is either by phone or online. Yeah. Oh, through, okay. through a webcam. Yeah. I rarely do local coaching. It hasn't come up as a, yeah. as a thing. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to, it's not like I don't want to, but right. it's just seems to be because of my platform people have seen my ministry site and they learn, Oh, she coaches. So then they're, they're somewhere else. And so they're already, you know, used to being online with me. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of works best. Yeah. I, I think it's a challenge. I, I, you know, like you, I've been in, uh, involved in church work and ministry pretty much all my adult life. And I think that it's a very big challenge, different aspects to, to the ministry and working with people, it's it's for the things you discussed earlier. I think it's a big challenge because the faith that that people hold on to is you know it's such a huge part of their life as it should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when when issues come up and that faith is shaken either through bad theology or abuse, uh, it can just rock your world. And right. just it's part of who you are almost. And so it's 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 I think a very big challenge to do coaching for people involved in ministry maybe a little more so than people that are not in ministry. Uh, right. Uh, that's just my take. So, so we're just about out of time here, Crystal. So how can people get a hold of you? How can they find you? What, what, what's, uh, like, what's the website they could go to? Yeah. The easiest way to get a hold of me, if you want to spell this out, <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is com, And that's R E N A U D. Um, I'm available, you know, that same Crystal Renault is Twitter, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's everywhere. Um, I do like weekly, like ask Crystal things on Twitter, like live tweeting. Um, so if you have like questions or just kind of want information, that's kind of a cool way to get in touch with me there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, and that kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. And I, well, and just talking about going, what you were talking about, just the hardship of what working with people in ministry is like, I understand deeply that like the pain of just broken leadership just because of my experiences seeing my pastor who I consider to be my spiritual dad have you know it came out that he was having an affair for five years with my mentor on staff with me I knew your pastor. you know yeah. you I, know yeah. yeah and so just understand and really that experience was the catalyst for me starting my own ministry for sexual brokenness just the understanding that everyone struggles in some way and no one is exempt from that. Um, and so it's just understanding that we're all human and learning to heal from human mistakes through a loving, loving and gracious father in heaven is what my goal is to help women and, and leaders yeah. and ministry, ministry professionals kind of get to. That's awesome. So I'm going to yeah. give your website here again. So it's Crystal Renault, and it, you spell it, of course, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-R-E-N-A-U-D.com. And it, as you said, you're on Twitter. 
You're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I encourage our listeners to check out your website and you know, maybe Crystal can help you. I hope so. That's part of why we do these podcasts is to help volunteers, help people involved in ministry. And, uh, and we just are, are really grateful that you spent some time with us today. Thank you so much, Crystal. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been a good to talk with you again. Yeah, it's been a few years, hasn't it? Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad that we got to talk, and we'll need to have you on again sometime soon. Thank you. All right. Well, folks, if you need to get a hold of us, you can just send us a little email, support at streamingchurch.tv. That's one of our websites, streamingchurch.tv. And we'd love to get your feedback on this. Uh, let us know. You can check us out on any, how do you say it, Steve? You can you can find the Church Solutions podcast oh, on any reputable... Uh, any podcast source that you go to or use. Yeah, that's right. We're there. We're there. We are there. So I've not right. been stumped yet, so... <laughs> all right, well, we'll try. Okay, folks, again, thanks so much for being with us, and thank you, Crystal, and uh, uh, we will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions podcast. Take care. Mm-hmm.